Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan. When, when I got saved and then eventually met Clarissa, and my family came after Clarissa ugly. I come from a small family, very small. Older sister, mother, her and I had different fathers. We never got along. She was never nice to me growing up. We hated each other. Then I had a stepfather that was abusive. I had a mom who was disinterested in me. So I got saved and I thought, oh man, you know, I can be, I, I can, I can, I'm, I'm different now. I'm no longer that thug anymore. And I can, you know, fix this thing. And I learned that I couldn't. I learned that I couldn't. I learned that God instead moved me out of there. And I'm praying for them, but they still have not had a change of heart towards my wife. And I could have been like many, many young men who said, but that's my mom. But that's my older sister. And, and sorry, Clarissa, you're just going to have to take their abuse. You know, there's a lot of young men who are mama's boys who would never, even for their wife's sake, do what I did. And I did what I did because the Lord was with me. And there's enough scriptures in there that say, what God has joined together, let no man separate. No one. And that's why, you know, that's why Jesus said, and Genesis says that a man should leave his, his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two shall no longer be two, but one flesh. It's that kind of courage. It's the only place for peace, and it's the quickest way to help right the people around you. I think it's what's best for my family, that I can pray for them at a distance, and God will send somebody that they will listen to, hopefully. But the freedom it brought, the peace it brought to me and my wife and our home, I thank Jesus for it. But it takes courage. And he's looking for anyone. And, and that's my situation. It's not always that situation. And, it, and it was, it was, it's more, it, you know, everyone has a different situation. People who have drama. But in our case, it was very serious. It was like threatening, you know. And you know, God calls a husband to protect his wife. And you know, she don't wear the pants. But don't tell her that. I think that, that that's when we love God so much that we, we are even willing to say, you know, hey, family, like, you know, if you're, you know, if you won't be at peace with us, if you won't, like, at least respect us, common respect. You read how Jesus said, yo, they said to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. They're wanting to come in, but they can't because of the crowds. He said, who are my mother and my brothers? He said, those who hear the word of God and do it. And I learned from that, like, what love is. Love is love. Not love is not respect. And, and my family doesn't have to come to know Jesus. There's a lot of non-believers that can still show respect. 
there are plenty of wonderful heathens that are sweethearts and can understand common respect. So they don't have to become Christians here for me to, you know, uh, wrap it up with them. And they just have to be respectful and they choose not to. They say no thanks. But that's the way it was for me growing up. There was the, there was a, that's why I joined the gang. You know, because in that gang, they, they, uh, they saw that I was there, that I was alive, that I was somebody, and I was better than what I had at home. So, thug life is how I lived for a little bit, and then God got a hold of me. But prayer is the, is the source of our strength. Because sometimes God calls us to do extraordinary things. Like speak the truth when you're the only one in that office who believes in Christ. To speak the truth when you're the only one in your family who cares about Jesus. To speak the truth when you know your friends might catch you off. To speak the truth. Because we don't know whether the Lord will come back tonight. And my goodness, I haven't seen my friend in 20 years. But there are Christians who will not get into the subject of faith. Like that's a subject. It's not a subject. It's a life. How can I have a reunion with an old friend after 10, 15 years and just talk about whatever? Why do you think the meeting is even happening? Right? It's like because God put you in that person's life for you to say what you need to say. Lovingly, respectfully, but say it. Then your hands are clean. Mind you, when Jesus sent the 70 out, he says, when you go to a town... If there's a son of peace there, meaning if there's a, a person that receives you, go into their house, stay with them, and eat the food that they put before you for a worker is worthy of his wages. But if he's not a son of peace, he doesn't receive the gospel, just skedaddle out of their house and, and do like this with your feet as a sign that the dust of that town or that house is staying there. And then Jesus says it's going to be more um, better for Sodom and Gomorrah when they are judged in the future than for those who rejected you. Crazy. Anyways. A lot of Bible stuff. Jesus said that parable and he desired that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And look at in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, King David also. King David also. And now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So what do you do when you're weak? Strengthen yourself in the Lord thy God. What do you do when you're weak? Strengthen the Lord. What do you do when you're afraid, young folks, my sisters, my young sisters? 
Strengthen yourself in the Lord. You're a mature Christian, young sisters, if when you feel down, you learn to just strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's what we're trying to get all the youth to get to that place. We're like, oh, they're down. Yeah, welcome to the planet Earth. <laughs> but you get better by seeking the Lord on your own. We want to teach you how to fish, not just lead you to the pond. You know, we want you to be able to say, oh, man, I'm down. You're depressed. Join the crowd. We're all depressed. You know, all of creation groans awaiting for the redemption of the world. Shoot. But just go hang out with the Lord. You'll feel better. Oh, I did, but I didn't feel better. It's because he did it for about two minutes. You're, you're, you know, kids today, they're just, you know, no patience. Get back in there. Take the watch off. Turn off the phone and chill. Say, I'm not leaving your presence till I'm better. You'll be better. That was verse 1. Then Solomon determined to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal house for himself. Solomon selected 70,000 men to bear burdens, 80,000 to quarry stones, stone in the mountains, and 3,600 to oversee them. And so uh, Solomon here selected these men, 70,000 men to um, carry burdens, right, which is probably rock that was curried or, you know, hewn out of the mountain, to carry to the temple. I mean, that's that's like I've been working on the railroad type work, like labor, like hard, cutting out rocks out of a mountain, limestone or whatever they used. You know what I mean? That is hard work. Can you imagine how hard that could that would have been? And it was in hard work for the temple, hard work for the Lord. Which reminds us that the service of the Lord can be difficult at times, to say the least. It can be difficult spiritually and physically, both. It, I'm 22 years into this, and I'm telling you, it's like I'm learning all about spiritual warfare affecting the physical and the physical affecting the spiritual. I am like way more uh, conscious about uh, sleep, exercise, eating, timing, timing, timing. I still want to eat bad, but it's the timing always, right? So I got to learn timing. When can I have that Tommy's cheeseburger? <laughs> early. That's what time. Very early. And preferably before you exercise. So you see, why? Because you know, and I know, and I've learned, my eyes are all crazy. And maybe it was a small stroke. I don't know what it was, but my eyes are bad. I see the pixels, illumination, like crazy. And God has been escorting me and showing me I can still have a wonderful life in spite of it. But it has not changed. So, you know, I guess you, you know, try to live better. Um, because the service of the Lord can be hard. 
I remember being at a retreat one time, a pastor's retreat, and Pastor Mike McIntosh took a look at all of us and said, y'all need, need to run. What is he saying? Come again? Y'all need to run. Like some miles. And I'm just like, he goes, because the ministry is going to take you into long hours and into the night, and you're going to need endurance. And he's like in his 70s telling us this. But he knows. He's an OG with like 40 years of experience in the ministry. I'm just telling you. It helps. The fact that the disciples and Jesus walked all over the place, they got their miles in. So they weren't tripping. Their bodies were doing well. Mediterranean diet's awesome anyways. But still, they walked everywhere. So I'm learning, like, it's not just preaching, studying. It's like, man, I got to walk. I got to run. Because doing the work of the Lord is hard. It is hard at times. Not all the time, but at times it can be. Manual labor. You know, I think the service of the Lord is hard because in, in, in that, God tests the hearts. Serving the Lord can be an ego tester to some people. An ego tester in the, in the fact that the, that, the, um, that the task that one may be asked to do is uh, menial, menial, and, 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 and uh, it's just a job where, where servants of the world would normally do. But it's so good for us as Christians, no matter who we are in the body of Christ, to not be ashamed or afraid to do physical work for the Lord when it's called to. It's, it's amazingly good for us and our ego. My pastor has, has taught me that from the beginning. When, we are, when we're on the mission field in Mexico, you know what I mean? It's like... He would serve. He would, he would do physical stuff. He would be spent for the Lord. But you're a pastor. Shouldn't you be behind the pulpit? Well, maybe, yeah, sometimes. But that doesn't mean we can't lift a finger. Give me a break. We need to be examples of, of willing to work hard. And when we did the rocks out here, the pebbles, and we moved all this out to put grass and sprinklers around the building, I mean, that was beautiful. We, I, we need to be in the dirt. We need to, to work unto the Lord for his house. It's hard, both spiritually and physically. Paul would say to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, shall we turn there or can you write it down? No, just, just write it down. But if you're not writing it down on Sunday, we're just going to be going back and forth. You write it and we don't change. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9. Paul says to them, for you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring day, night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. So here's the great apostle saying, you know, we toiled, we labored night and day that we might bring the gospel to you. But he labored and toiled so that he wouldn't be a burden to the church at Thessalonica so that they had to like take care of his needs. He worked as a tent maker and he also preached the gospel as an apostle. So Paul is hard. There's no ministry that is going to always be peachy peach and super easy. 
Maybe some of us are afraid of hard work, but you know what? The Lord was never afraid of hard work. He worked while it was day. He worked while it was day. And he said there's going to be a time when no man can work. And we, we want to work now. We want to work and do something for the Lord. There's plenty of work to be done. Like Solomon, we're building two. We got a basketball court that needs to be painted, a basketball hoop that needs to be, uh, 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 you know, put in. We have a fence that we're going to put in. I think the lumber landed today, the, the four by fours. We need help. We need guys to say, man, when is that going to be put up? I'll be there. And all my brothers who are with me in leadership, they're all willing to get down physically. That sounds bad, but like, in the world. <laughs> they're willing to work. We're willing to work. And I'm proud of these guys, man. I'm proud how they work. The things that they've done around here is, is amazing. But that's part of being a Christian. You know, we have an opportunity to be good Christians here. I mean, everyone in the church should be hitting me up. Like, what, what, what do you need? What, what can, how can I help? Why isn't that happening? God just gave us a big, big, big blessing. And it needs all hands on deck. I think when, when, when all of us pitch in in the hard work, it makes for less hard work. Jesus said in, in Luke 22, you know, there was a dispute among the disciples as to which of them was considered, would be considered the, the greatest. And he said to them, the kings and the Gentiles ex, uh, exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. You know, in Mexico, I'll probably be picking up trash. That's my ministry. I'm a trash picker in a cool Mexican park, in a Mexican town. That's what I'll do. Or whatever else I'm asked to do. You know? What else do I got to do? It's more rewards in heaven, every rapper I pick up. And Solomon sent to Hiram, king of Tyre, saying, Now Hiram, king of the Phoenician city-state of Tyre, modern-day Lebanon. Hiram, we're told he had a relationship with David, loved David, like they were cool, and, and, and was sending uh, cedars down, cedar trees of Lebanon. Lebanon, the Phoenician Empire, they were the, their, their um, craftsmen were world-famous for being just the best uh, uh, carpenters or they, they would build wood and beautiful palaces and all that's what they were known for and this is who he's writing to he's writing to the the king here of Tyre and he says as you have dealt with David my father and sent him cedars to build himself a house to dwell in so deal with me as you were kind to him be kind to me deal with me behold I am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God to dedicate it to him 
to burn before him sweet incense for the continual showbread, for the burnt offerings, morning and evening, on the Sabbaths and on the new moons, and on the set feast of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. So he tells them to deal, deal with me the way you deal with my father. I know you guys were tight. But also know that I am building the Lord a house. And it's for these reasons. It's for the worship. It's for the, the, the showbread, a continual uh, uh, worship to the Lord. And, and that we would be able to come together there at these, fe- these appointed set feasts. And so he's letting them know this is going to be for the worship of the Lord. It's a place where, where the Israelites will be able to come together to commemorate the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing. That's the, re- the reason for the temple of the Lord is so that the people can come before God together to remember, to remember. Because the Israelites were notorious for forgetting what God had done in their lives. Notorious. But we're humans too. And we forget as well. All right? God does a million things for us. You know, and then the weather turns bad, and we're just like, oh, I'm undone. Thou hast forsaken me. So now we have a house so that we can come on set feasts. Resurrection Sunday, we just had. Good Friday. Christmas. We just celebrated our 13th year anniversary. We can barbecue together. We can just chat about how good God has been in our lives. We have this place to do that. That's what it's for. So that we can remember how good God is. Biblically, you have the whole Old Testament saying the temple worship was centered to everything. And you got a governor with slick hair telling us, He's got to stay away. But he's eating at that French restaurant, $1,000 plates, no one's wearing masks, like in the heat of their thing. Why? Don't let them do it again. Because if you think, they're not going to try again. Just read this book, please. Please read this. And you will not fall for the schemes of the enemy. This is what should address our lives. This is what should speak into our minds and heart. And you'll know what to do. All that is needed for life and godliness is found in Christ. But the people who don't open this book, they believe everything. Why? Because they don't open the book. Everyone's learning something. And we're either going to learn from our rabbi, our Jesus, our savior, our master, our teacher. Or we're going to be learning from, you know, anyways. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and mercy. We ask that you would bless your word to our hearts and help us to be determined Christians. To follow you. To do what you have asked us to do. Lord, today is a day of change and we're grateful that we can change because you're merciful. Oh Lord, you've washed us of our sins and and all of us this day have sinned, all of us. But you're so faithful to forgive us and so we ask, forgive us our sins, Lord. Wash us by the blood of Jesus and give us good hearts. Give us hearts that are 
perfect, loyal to you, determined for you. Give us understanding and wisdom as, as, as Solomon prayed so that we know how to go in and out of our homes and our workplace and wherever we go. Give us wisdom to know as we go in and out what to say, what to do. I like what Solomon said. I'm like a baby, I don't know. He was very humble. He was very humble. And you made him the most wisest man who ever lived besides you. Wow. Give us wisdom, Lord. God's calling you to repent tonight. Give up your sins and follow him. He can change you. He can totally change you. So anyone who wants to do that, he loves you. His blood will forgive you for, er for everything. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.